All right, uh, identity. Um, so in that folder you guys have, first thing I would say is Randy mentioned that you may have went to like, who in here has been through Freedom in Christ here at Beltway? Who in here has been at boot camp? And, I, and if you're listening, I guess like, don't take your hands off the steering wheel, raise your hand. <laughs> um, but anyway, maybe there'd be only one or two people because I think most guys are here. But uh, so a lot of this material you're already familiar with. Um, <clears throat> so don't feel like today that you have to uh, locate even the section of identity in there. It's in there. It's not actually the front. So if you're a, an order guy and you're somebody that's very analytical and needs that dots and T's and all that, like the, the table of contents may not match just perfectly like your front page with where that is, but inside that packet, inside that book is the, the stuff for identity. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay close to that, but I'm not going to be perfectly on it anyway. So what I would say is <clears throat> one of the best things you could do to hold yourself personally accountable is whatever the Lord puts in your heart today, dig back in through that throughout the week. Use that inside that folder to go back through some of the scripture that's in there, to go back into some of the questions that are in there. When we break up here in a little bit and you guys have that 30 minutes at the end or however long we have, you can go into that section and you can find some questions. I'm not saying you, you can't follow along in that while I do this. I'm just saying it's not, not required because I may jump around a little bit. But I am going to talk about identity, um, just like Randy said, it, it, because it is, it's the foundation, right? I mean, like if we're, if we're going to do this and it's going to matter and it's going to leave a mark, it's got to be about laying foundations, and so the first thing I'd say about before even getting into identity is like ask yourself, and, and hopefully you've been praying into this, but like what, what's your long-term vision here? You know, you just committed to one or even like really in your heart two years. So starting with the end in mind, what do you want to be different in your life? Because I don't believe for one second that if you come here every single Sunday and hear what God has to talk to us about and then minister to each other and then wherever that folds out into your work week or at home and all that, I don't believe for one second that you won't end up being changed. There's just no way. I mean, I just think back, like, what if you had been committed to something two years ago? Do you think you'd be right here in the same spot that you're at? I don't think so. And some, some may have been, some may not. I know there's all sorts of different people in this room. This room's very intimidating. There's a lot of leaders in here. There's a lot of guys in here that could come up here and do, could we just take turns and pass around the little deal? And, and get as equally great of a message, I think. But, um, but I'm excited because I have a vision for the end in mind, man. Um, I've got two little girls. They're 6 and 11. There's some things I want my home to, to be sharpened in. There's some things I know my responsibility as a priest in my house. It's got to be different. And, and, it's not, and I'm not saying that to say it's in a bad spot. God's, God's wrecked my life, man, just like a lot of you guys. And he's taken me from a place... Six, seven years ago to a place, I'd, I'd say there's no way you could ever be at a place like that. Not a chance. Not me. No way. Not for me. Not good enough. All those things. Um, so I'm excited about the things like the suddenlies, the, the things I don't know that God's going to do in my life to shift and change. But, but I do know that for me and my wife and for our kids, it's about foundations. It's about continuing to build our house on a rock. It's about me becoming more of a man. It's about me becoming a better leader, a better husband first, a better dad second. It's about me getting to know the Lord in a way that he'll tell me even more and more about me, the things in my heart that I don't even know about, because that's what the word of God says. But in order to do that, I know I got to press into the word and I got to get into prayer time and I got to get around other believers for any of that to even start to show up in my life. And I think that's a call to all of us. And that's what's so great about this. And I don't know about you guys, but like the last 72 hours of my life has been crazy, man. And the next 72 is going to be crazy. We have movers showing up at 9 a.m. and we're moving. We're not even packed yet. 
And we'll be at Phil the Well tonight. And yesterday we were at a deal all day and the day before that. And I mean, I'm just going. So for me, and I don't know about you guys, it's always how, where do I find that spot to just slow down, right? And I don't know, and maybe there's guys in here with a lot more wisdom. I don't know if it's ever going to be just that easy to where it just works that way. And I think that the God that I serve and Jesus and the Holy Spirit can be with me all the time everywhere I go no matter what I'm doing. And that same thing's there for you. And I'll unpack that in the Word here in just a little bit. But man, how awesome is that? That you don't got to clock in and hit a punch card to spend time with the Lord. It ain't required like that. You don't have, you don't have to do that. In fact, on that same thought right there is what I want to start with is whatever that you do, whatever that you've done, good, bad, and different, your job, uh, your career, your associations, whatever, man, all those labels, leave, leave, leave those. If you haven't done that, just talk to the Lord about it real quick, but leave those things out of here. Because if, if, it's, if this thing's, if identity is going to creep up every week, which it will, as we keep going, and it's truly about me becoming who God has created me to be, me learning and understanding the calling on my life and walking that out, really just about obedience, to get in alignment like that, it, it can't be about I'm a coach or I'm a teacher or I own a barbecue joint or I'm a business leader or, and I'm not pointing you guys out. Y'all know that. Love you guys. Y'all just, or I have, or I'm, you know, it's not who, like, hey, you're a son of God, right? All those labels and stuff from where I was a football coach, uh, but way before that, man, I was a little bitty kid and I can remember being in the fourth grade and being number 33, label, number 33, then number 10, then number 11, then 27, 27, and all those labels. And, and there's a whole lot more to that. We were at uh, Middleton a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, and I remember when they had to come in and take a break, and they had to do a little roll call, and they would, they would give those numbers, and those guys would like pridefully, here, 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 and I was just sitting in the back going, just labels, man. That isn't who that guy is. He ain't 52 or whatever. You remember that? But, but, there's the, but here's what I mean is so many times throughout the day, there's these labels that get thrown on us over time, and we just become whatever the world tells us that we are. And that isn't what the Word of God says about any of us. So, as we get going, man, my prayer for this whole thing would be that every one of us would just strip all that stuff off and do the best that we can to keep it off, man, and, and walk out in who we are created to be. And let those things just be like what we do, what I'm involved with, all that stuff. Does that, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Because I just feel like, man, if we, we could just kill, kill it on hitting identity today, but if we don't get to our hearts, what's the point? Because, I mean, I, this ain't about putting new shingles on a roof. This is about getting to the foundation, to, the, to where it is always going to come back to. Are y'all with me? Awesome. All right, so who, who went to advance camp last, the last time? So I'm going to start. I'm just going to read a word real quick, and I'm going I'm to start and finish with it. John 15. You guys can go to it or write it down or come back to it later. I'm in a uh, New King James, I think, but that doesn't matter. And I'm going to read like speed read, but I prayed that you guys had speed ears, so it's cool. Uh, (laughs) I'll go slower at the end. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit itself 
Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out of the branch and is withered. They're gathered them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. And isn't that the point is to be a disciple and to make, equip, train, teach, raise up disciples. Who has kids? Who has grandkids? Who doesn't have kids? All good. Who is around people, other breathing human beings? We, we, we kind of, it's almost, as you get into more of this, God's given us a job to go and make disciples. So there's some responsibility, man. And what a good God. Like, we need, we need responsibility. So, but the question is, is how can we do that if we do not know who we are? And I think that, that John 15, and I'll come back at the end and explain a little bit more about it. But I really believe that, for mm-hmm. one, that, that really was seated at advance camp for a purpose. That was a very big point of that weekend. And I also believe that there's some real true, simple truths in here of how to get to that sweet spot, no matter what's going on. So, identity. The fact of being who or what a person or thing is. Who am I? That's the thing, right? Who am I? What do I identify myself with? Going back to those job things and all that. That's not who you are. You have a birthright on the cross, like an actual transaction that took place. I want to read, y'all don't have to follow me here, but I'm going to read in Galatians real quick. It says, when when the time set has fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that he might receive the adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. I want you to to follow me again. I'm going to change words in that, and I'm not changing God's word. I just want to own it. And I want you guys to think about this when you read into the Word. Picking up in the middle of that where it says that we might receive adoption to sonship. How about that I might receive adoption to sonship because I am His Son. God sent the Spirit of His Son into my heart, into your heart, into your heart, into your heart, into your heart. You get to own these words, right? So God sent the Son into my heart, the Spirit who calls out Abba Father. So I'm no longer a slave. But I'm God's child. And since I'm his child, God has also made me an heir to the throne. There there are things he wants to give me, do for me. Not a selfish thing, man. It's because it's about advancing the kingdom. Like with men, shoulder to shoulder, marching forward, taking territory back, taking ground, reclaiming things in our life, reclaiming our home, our families. But it all starts with me. But what's amazing about that is it says, God sent the spirit of his son into my heart. Have you guys thought about that? Like, think about that for just like five seconds. God sent the spirit of his son into your heart. Think about that. Amazing. Amazing stuff. But we have to also understand spirits. You can't, I don't believe that you can be, um, 
like owned by, say, let's use fear as an example, a spirit of fear. Is fear real? Sure. But it's a spirit. Second Timothy. God didn't give it to you, but it's real. He gave you love, power, and a sound mind, right? But that doesn't mean that that thing's not real. But here's what it means is, there is a transaction that took place when Jesus Christ was nailed on the cross in that whole process that took place where all of us were literally were adopted into becoming a son on that cross. That we, there is an ownership thing, a transaction. Just like how many of you guys have transacted, like swapped the credit card in the last 24 hours. You swapped a transaction, right? We were, there was a, the, the greatest transaction in the history of our world to date happened. And I got to become a son of God, Abba Father. Spirit of God gets to come into my heart. That's who all of us, it's what yokes us. We're sons, what puts us together. Y'all with me? Okay, so think about the enemy. Because I know we, we get on these charges of he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and all that stuff's true and yada. But here's the deal. Um, he can't own you, man. That's why he's called a thief or a deceiver or a liar. We're owned. You're owned. Whether you believe that God is who he says he is or not, or you have accepted that for yourself or not, the fact is that that happened already. That's already been done. You are already a son. And the only thing that the enemy can do is try to take that thing from you, which is the most precious thing that we have, is our core root foundation identity. But he can't own it. He can only steal it. He can only take it. And it only happens whenever we agree with that. We make agreement with him sometimes. We fall into disobedience or we get into, not, not that it's all about uh, that, um, but there is lordship. You know, we have a king that we follow. There's a master, right? And then a father who loves us and forgives us no matter what, and there's grace. But somewhere in there, we got to man up and take responsibility, right, for the things that we listen to, we put in our eye gates, our ear gates, the stuff that we read, the stuff that we watch, the stuff that we put inside of us because what's in us comes out of us. And if we want God to be able to totally tap into this heart, I've got to make sure I'm keeping it cleaned as much as I can. With a guy like me, you know, who got exposed to things like pornography when I was five years old and, you know, cousins and this and that at five, age five and a half and you, you grow up and sex and all this stuff's an addiction and it's about performance and I got these numbers and labels and I'm proving, coach, I can do this and I'm running through this wall. Everything in the world becomes about performance, who everyone else says that I am. I'm pleasing all of these people and totally missing it because I have no earthly clue what or who I am or how God sees me, what he can do for me, what he wants to do for me, what he's already done for me, and just missing all that. No, no idea. You guys probably relate, but that's just where I, I came from. And a few years ago, someone saying, hey, listen, and talking to me about identity, that's not who you are, Zach. That's not who you are. But no one ever tell you that before. Everyone's just always told me how they see me, not how God sees me. It's two different things, two totally different things. Unless you start becoming, spending your time around other believers, and God starts speaking into your life about how God sees you and how it lines up with the Word and how amazing it is. But, but anything outside of that, I found for me, is I, I begin to let myself agree with, it, with what the enemy wants to tell me about who I am, and then I start slipping and falling short and, and falling back into whatever. Happens in a hundred different kinds of ways. I mean, I, you guys all could write out stuff on it in your own life. But I want to I show you guys something I found in Matthew 4 where it talks about Jesus being tempted by Satan. I think this is the coolest thing, man. So Jesus is tested in the wilderness, right? You guys all know the story. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Think about this. 
I'm like a picture guy. I think I, I like movies. Just love movies. And I think about the devil has Jesus right like he it's in that climactic point of a movie where he got he has him in the spot like you know how a new movie leads up to the deal? Well here it is, man. The, the devil and Jesus. And he's got him. And look what he goes after in his first two attempts. First two. Got him, got him. Okay, right. Tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It's written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on the word that comes from the mouth of God. So point one is, Jesus went to the word of God, right? Number two, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Here's what he said. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written. So Jesus replied, and, and on, on goes the story. I'm not going to get any more into that, but I want, guys, look what happens. Look what Satan comes after. First thing he says is, if you are the son of God, then do this. Comes after his identity. If this is who you say you are, then do this. In the moment where he's got his one true greatest chance, Jesus is tired. He's got that chance. What do you think he wants to take from each one of us? Kill, steal, destroy our kids? Sure. Wedge our marriage? Absolutely. Divide everything in our life? For sure. Take our job away from us? Absolutely. Take every kind of dream God's ever planted into us and squash it? Yes. But ultimately, if you're a son of God, prove it. He wants to dethrone that identity of who God says that we are. Does that make sense? Because if he can crack the foundation, he can crack the whole house. So that's what he's after. He may come in through the window and bust up through the pipes or whatever, but ultimately, that's what he wants to get to. And even think about your house. Like, that's like the one thing you don't ever want, right, is a crack in your foundation. Windows, repair, doors, hail damage, roofs, whatever. But down in that level, no bueno, no good. Very big deal. And so it, it, all, it all is right there in the scripture when you, when you look at it that way, I believe. God wants to show us something in that, who he's after, because t- today's not about today. It's not, not about this one hour, or an hour and a half for first meeting that we have. Man, it's about long-term vision, right? This is about year one, two down the road. Where do I want to be as a man and all the things I got going on in my life? And then understanding what is he really coming after? Because then, you know, for me, it kind of gets personal a little bit, right? And I don't mean like a fist fight or nothing, but there's some things that God's put in my heart that I know that he wants to do that I want to do with him. And I, I, for one, don't really have a whole lot of time to be dealing with that. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't come in, man, because it does like, and I mean, uh, for, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like a lot. And some of it's probably me just agreeing, just being totally vulnerable, you know, get, getting out of whack, so to speak. And I, we did this a couple weeks ago, and I asked the guys, write this number down. You don't have to share it, but write it down. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself. You don't, you don't have to, but rate yourself. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being highest level you've ever can imagine yourself being one being like y'all get it um, of how much time you spend in the word give yourself a number rate it be honest with yourself like do that right now write it down scale of one to ten my time in the word put a number down nobody's gonna you don't turn this in randy's not gonna make show you don't you don't even have to share this with the group but here's the reality if we walk out of here and we're not real with the things that matter the most then what's the point I don't want to, I'm not here to waste, you guys aren't here to waste time. None none of us are, really. So, also think about this. Scale of 1 to 10, prayer life. Prayer life. When I got started, man, in my walk, 
The devil will tell me things like, you're too stupid to pray. I would actually, I would actually listen to somebody pray and just repeat the things that they said verbatim because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know you could just talk to them. Hey, Dad, here's what's going on, man. I really got... But, but nonetheless, your prayer life. If you're rating yourself, give yourself a score, 1 to 10. And then think about this. And, and, and this is because of something that I heard Pastor uh, David McQueen say last week. And I wrote it down because it was... And man, I don't know if this is... in. The, in the word or what, but he said 95% of what God wants to do in your life, he will do through other believers. Think about that. 95% of what God wants to do in your life, he will do through other believers. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how much, how much quality time quality time are you spending with other believers? Rate yourself. Because I think God wants to just give us a real sim- simple solution here. And the solution is if you put a 2, 3, 5, whatever... The charge and challenge, or what, conviction, whatever you want to call it, you don't got to go tomorrow and become a 10, man. What if you, what if you just went to it from a 3 to a 4? What if you just started a little bit more? What if you spent a little bit more intentionality of some quality time with some other believers that, oh, man, I'm tired. I had a long work week. I know we planned that, but I got to bail out because of whatever. What if you just turn the volume up a little bit in each one of those places? Don't you think God would start showing up and talking to you a little bit more about who he, who he says that you are? Giving you a little more grace on some things that maybe you, you're, you're, you're trapped in, you're caught up with. That makes sense. Do you guys understand, feel what I'm, that, anybody a 10? Good. <laughs> I'm scared to tell you what I've put for myself. But, but, here's, but here's another thought on that. And, it, and this goes into business and leaders and guys because I mean, we all do have responsibilities and those things matter. I mean, they just, they matter. Because there's a lot of, a lot of us in here are using um, some of the places that we have in like a marketplace ministry, right? You know, because if, if Jesus is in you, man, he's in you. And people are attracted to the Jesus in you. I'm attracted to Scott, not because Scott got his braces off and he's a good looking guy. It's because he has a light in him that shines and I am naturally like a bug attracted to him. I hope that doesn't make you uncomfortable. But I am, man. I am attracted to that. And, and I, a few years ago, I didn't understand what that meant. thought there was something weird about that. But it's because it's, you're attracted to somebody that has that in them, right? So in, in all that, give yourself some slack sometimes, guys. I think what happens in, in, for me and probably for you if you relate to this is we rate ourselves, but we don't even have a standard to give us our own selves a rating with. So that was a real loose thing that I'm talking about doing right there. But like, for example, when you grow up as a kid, you know you've got to make a 70, right, to pass to play. Example. You know, some kids just barely squeak in at the end of the six weeks. Some of them, like, never have to worry about it. They just make 95s their whole life and don't even do homework, probably like Tickner did when he was growing up, guessing. <laughs> Me, not the kid. But, but you knew there was a standard. Like, you knew. Sometimes we rate ourselves real hard, but we haven't even aligned a standard to tell us what's, what's really passing and failing in my own life. So press into that, man. I thank God, and that may just be a word for one person in here, but in your day-to-day world, press into getting, giving yourself a standard that you know that, that rates your, whatever it is that you're wanting to get productive in your life, where you want results at in your life. <coughs> or, else you, or else you can say you're failing, and, but, but really, how can you say you're failing if you don't have a mark to say you're falling below? Does that make sense? So I think sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We criticize ourselves so much. The enemy chatterboxes in here and 
gets us to start telling us things about who we aren't. And God's over here saying, here's who you are. And so there's just this thing that happens in between our ears. No one actually sees it, but we all have it going on all the time. But imagine if we had like something to even measure up. And, and I think with the Lord, the, the, the simple measure is just obedience, man. Obedience, abiding in the vine. Those simple things of my time in the Word, my time in my prayer life, time with other believers. Great place to start that. <clears throat> Performance. Things that still killer for me, man, in my walk. Trying to own up to all those things that, that, uh, that don't really matter. But I want to tell you some things about yourself, about who you're not. You're not defined by your past. <clears throat> you're not defined by your mistakes. You're not defined by your wounds. Anybody in here got any wounds? Anybody here got any marital wounds? They're tough, man. I caught them. Just like y'all. Got them deep. Core like core. Deep to the bone. But freed, delivered, totally set free through the blood of Jesus washing away those things. So I'm not running around worrying about what happened five, ten years ago. <clears throat> not defined by the strength of your will or your dedication to perform. So out of the same sentence of talking a minute ago about having a standard for yourself, you're not defined by that. I'm just saying give yourself some slack when you, call, you know, feel like you're failing all the time. Do you even have a mark? Just like you're not defined by performance or success, you're also not defined by failure. Is there anybody in here that's got marks in their workplace or something that they're trying to achieve and you hadn't hit it yet and you feel like, man, I'm frustrated, just don't know if this is ever going to happen? Right? I mean, honestly, yeah, but that's not who you are. It's not who you are. It doesn't define any piece of who you are. And, and most importantly, not defined by what you think of yourself. These are things that have stolen my identity in the past, and, and they creep up too a lot of times. Teams, social medias. Any of you guys connected in social media pretty well? Well, it'll kill your time, man. Priorities in that. Uh, wow, there's such a charge of raising kids there. It's unbelievable. It's a whole nother, like we could have a whole class, Man Academy, Social Media Academy, how to handle that and teach kids. And, man, it's, there's a lot. Associations, jobs, clubs, things we're involved with. And it all comes down to this. The people you meet, the places you go, and the books that you read. Your influences, things that are influencing your day in and day out life. A lot of times can either breathe life into us becoming more of who we're created to be or can totally distract and steal who we are created and called to be. People you meet, places you go, books that you read. I bet that Randy could write a book titled that and unpack his whole life and based on 95% of what God wants to do in your life, he'll do through other believers. And it would totally unfold where he's at in life and where he knows God's taking him in the later part of his life that it all would be a sum total of the people he met, the places that he's been, and the books that he's read. It's awesome. But if those things are that critical, we've got to focus in on those things critically because they matter that much, right? Because those things define so much of who we are. Or the enemy tries to attempt to get in and redefine who, you know, we are. It's all about who, who am I? Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That doesn't mean go lock yourself in the closet. <laughs> There's a whole world out there we've got to go make disciples in, right? But we've got to march through it. And get this, get this visual, man, of a, of a responsibility we all have to really get aligned with who God's created all of us to be individually. Is in that, do you know how strong this, just this group right here, how strong we are, shoulder to shoulder, chest high, knowing who God made me to be? Do you know how powerful that is? Because we are in this world that talks about all these things are broken and busted and, or, you know, the, it's, all this stuff's bad and terrible. There's a lot of great things going on in this world. But nonetheless, there's still a war. There is, there is an actual, there's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of heaven, and we are right in this, we are in it. We're in the thick of it. Whether you want to enlist yourself in that or not, <laughs> it isn't even your choice. Like, we're in it. But shoulder to shoulder, we're just taking territory in it charging through it and marching through it. And then the coach in me thinks about like when you put a game plan together, like college football started, and I love football, so it's easy to talk about. Um, but those guys, when you put a game plan together, you know I'm playing so-and-so next week, and I know every single thing about every player. I know everything about what they're going to do in these tendencies and yardage, and there's all these things. Well, these guys are playing these guys, and they know this about them, and they know this about them, and they spend every waking second getting, trying to get an advantage on that, right? Critical to understand that that same thing is happening all the time in our own world, whether we realize it or not. But the problem like, a lot of times that, that we have or I run into is I try to charge into that thing, and I'm just not spending enough time right here. I'm not spending enough time with believers. I'm not spending enough time that. And, and the whole, what, so you see me sit here and think, Zach, what in the world does that have to do with identity? Everything. Everything to do with identity. 95% of what God wants to do in your life, he'll do through another believer. So it is about me, but mo- morally, mostly, is more than, <laughs> it's about us, man. It's about men. It's better no place on planet Earth I'd rather be than and right in a group like this, like this is, there's not, a, there's this powerful room right here. And man, we have got the opportunity of a lifetime to charge forward even stronger than ever before. So amazing. Understanding who we are. And it shifts from going from a past present to a present future. I'm going to read through these fast. Randy said he could email these out to you last time. And so I'm just going to bring that up because you can get these from him. This is a good list, so don't feel like you have to write it down. But talking about coming from an, from an orphan through adoption at the cross to becoming a son, doing some, like I like to call it spiritual CSI, like crime scene investigation. You like those TV shows where you find like the case, the court case to figure out what. So that's what I call it. Um, but here, here's the crime. You're, if you're doing CSI on yourself, spiritual CSI, these would be marks of an orphan. You see God as a master only. Um, independent and very self-reliant, insecure, you know, worried what other people think. And let me talk about insecurity real quick. Any of you guys struggle with, with uh, you don't have to raise your hand. Here's what I know. I know 90% of men struggle with pornography. <laughs> so, whatever. It's a number. And I don't know what this room looks like, but I know that's a number. Uh, it means 9 out of 10. That's quite a bit. So, I, I, I just say. But what I have found is there is such a root of, beyond addiction and all that, of insecurity that taps that thing, 
press into who you are, guys. Get with other people who speak into who you are. Because here's why I say that. Because that stuff can't tell you no. So we run to it because it gives us a false sense of security. That stuff is a lie. You know that. But it's important to address. Super important. Because I think that, I, there's a real strong thing in that insecurity level. Sometimes our, 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 our bravado, our man says insecurity is just about like muscle and bronze and all that. No. Look at that insecurity. Press the insecurity, security thing in a, a deeper level. What the word security is. Protection. Protecting. Yeah. Um, Marks of an orphan fight and grab for what they want. They don't trust authorities. Relationships are marked by competition. There's a lot of jealousy going on. Don't handle criticism very well. Very talented, but plagued with character issues. You know, what, what you're doing in your own time doesn't really match up. Living life with little purpose. Stunted growth, difficulty, maturing. You know, these, are, these would be marks of an orphan. Marks of a son, heirs of God. You know that you're an heir of God. There's an inheritance for you. You know that. You believe that. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Workmanship of God. The fullness of Christ. Understanding citizenship in God's kingdom. You're holy, beloved, child of light. You're an enemy of the devil. He is not an enemy of you. You are an enemy of the devil. Chosen and appointed to bear fruit. So I'm going to wrap up with this real quick and then we've got time to break up. Back to the vine, real fast. I won't even read the whole, the whole thing, but here's what I got in my Bible when I read it. I got really locked up with performance for a long time. But here's what I got from John 15, 1 through 8. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither unless it abide in me. I am the vine and the branches, and he who abides in me, and he goes on and on and on. And it says the word abide seven times, which is a number for wholeness, perfection, completeness. And it just hit me one day reading this. This is when we were at advance camp out in the woods. And God's telling me, look, man, I don't want your perfection. I want you to obey. I want your obedience. Abide in me, and I'm going to abide in you. So as you're running after all these things that you're trying to get settled up in, just abide. And he's going to show up, show off, do things in you, show you things about yourself that you didn't even know were there. But then there's a big word inside of all that, and it's if. If. So there's responsibility, if. So press into that, guys. Okay. So I'm going to pray over us, and then you, we got however much time is left to, to talk to, through our groups. Father God, thank you so much for this group of men. God, I pray that um, your word just talks to us every week and that you give us something um, that we can grow in and grow through and, and build on, God, about our foundations and who we are, who you created us to be. God, thank you for being our dad, our father, and we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen.